You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. President Donald Trump's relationship with science has never been very smooth, to say the least. But that chasm has never been wider or deeper than it seems right now. Trump is doing everything in his power to discredit the former head of the Federal Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. Rick Bright is now a whistleblower who has been eviscerating the administration's response to COVID-19, including in testimony before Congress. Trump has responded by calling Bright a disgruntled fake whistleblower who supports Democrats and spews lies. Now, at least one prominent scientist says it's time for federal scientists and doctors to resign in protest, to refuse to work for this president who has shown so much disrespect for the scientific community. That's where we continue the conversation here on Detroit Today. And joining us to talk more about this president's relationship with science and scientists is Arthur Kaplan. He is a professor of bioethics and the founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU School of Medicine in New York City. He is the bioethicist who called for government scientists to resign. Arthur Kaplan, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And we should note that uh, Arthur is joining us via Skype. Uh, so let's start here. President Trump said yesterday that he has been taking hydroxychloroquine to prevent COVID-19 and that he's been taking it, quote, for a couple of weeks. What is your reaction to that claim? Well, it's an instance on a par with why don't we all drink bleach to get rid of the virus, which he recommended uh, some weeks ago. Look, there's no data at all that that anti-malarial drug prevents getting infected with the virus. There's a little suggestion that maybe it helps people recover once they're infected uh, if they take it in combination with some other uh, drugs. Uh, but that's a very weak signal. And so far, no one has been able to demonstrate even that. Plus, in his age group, it is risky because the drug is associated with heart problems. So someone who's obese, as he is, and older, as he is, is put at risk by taking this. So I think uh, he's doing himself a disservice. The doctor who prescribed this medicine to him is also clearly got an ethics problem. And then, you know, we could also say he's a horrible role model here, right? I mean, I'm sure today people are running out all over the world to go get this stuff to take it preventatively when there's evidence of harm and no evidence of good. Hmm. So, so I want you to talk a little about science which is, um, you know, uh, which is about data and numbers and and things like that, and and messaging, which is a softer kind of science. It, it seems to me that that part of the disconnect and part of the frustration, I guess, for for scientists is that you live in a world where the data points you toward the truth, but you have to rely on people who are in other other fields and uh, have other expertise in order to convince the American public to follow science. And and in, in this instance, you have someone who's been elected to be president of the United States who doesn't seem to believe in the validity of, of science. And so he's 
out saying and doing things that make it really difficult to communicate that message, uh, that message clearly. Talk about how frustrating that has been for you and others in the scientific community. Well, it's hugely frustrating because the president personally has been attacking science for uh, way into this pandemic. He's been, uh, he had uh, no respect for the advice he was given about uh, trying to do the quarantine and the lock-in early. He's uh, basically been messaging that it's time to come out, it's time to be liberated. I get the argument about the economy, but it doesn't mean that you ignore your scientists and your doctors in your strategy for trying to uh, move away from strict quarantine to a more relaxed quarantine. But specifically, you know, he's been attacking uh, Anthony Fauci. As you pointed out, Stephen, he's been after Rick Bright. I know both of these gentlemen, uh, they're not political hacks. They're not uh, anyone who's out to get the president ideologically. They're out to uh, find the facts, present the data, give information to the president, and to have them accused of being fake news or, uh, you know, uh, disgruntled whistleblowers. I'm sure Rick Bright, by the way, is disgruntled, but not for the reason that the president <laughs> is talking about. Um, it, it's absurd. And we are uh, moving forward blind when we don't have accurate numbers about the infection rates, when no one can explain why we don't have testing, when no one can explain why we didn't have adequate protective gear early on for the healthcare workers. When you get uh, predictions of a vaccine by the fall, really? You know, the time a vaccine is ever developed is four years. I think it was the mumps. And uh, that was only to get it clinic uh, approved. It wasn't even manufactured and distributed in four years. President's telling us, don't worry, you know, four months. This is fantasy. Any vaccine manufacturer, even if you have 100 teams working to find one, will tell you you've got to make 330 million doses and distribute them. It's crazy. So it puts us all at risk. He is risking your health and my health when he just dismisses the science and the uh, healthcare information. And I have to add one other thing, Stephen, that scientists don't do a great job messaging, mm. right? They're not, they're not the best on the internet. They don't take on uh, you know, crazy theories like uh, cell towers are causing <laughs> the epidemic. Um, and, I, and I think that's unfortunate too, but it's part of the price we pay for not having trained more scientists to be, to be good communicators. Uh, so, so let's talk about this call that you made for federal scientists and doctors to resign in protest of the president's mm -hmm. rhetoric and and actions, uh, f give us an, a window into your into your thinking there. Well, look, I know some people are going to say, "I don't want scientists resigning. I want them nearby. They're the only tether to reality we have for the administration's response to the pandemic." The worst thing that would happen is if they disappeared. Look, I don't agree. They're being dismissed out of hand. They're being attacked soon. I believe the president's going to come up with a strategy for re-election that says something like uh, the Democrats and their science buddies locked you up and I set you free. Um, he's going to use, if you will, science as a, a, a point of attack, not as a point of information. So if scientists like Rick Bright, 
who is the world one of the world's experts on infectious diseases and a flu specialist and knows vaccines up and down. He's worked in the private sector, the public sector, the CDC, before he got to HHS. If he's going to be denigrated, then he's going to need backup, and we're going to have to make a statement saying this can't go on. You're not losing anything because the president and his uh, cronies are not listening anyway. In fact, I think they're running against science at this point, literally uh, putting it under attack. So let's have a protest. If people don't want, uh, uh, you know, permanent resignations, I'll take uh, a holiday for a week. And by the way, when I call for this, I'm just not talking about scientists who work on the public health side on the pandemic problems. I'm talking about all federal scientists, and it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me if academic scientists across the board from physics to biology to medicine said, you know, we're not going to resign, but we're going to have a day of protest. Why are we putting up with this? Uh, and do you worry about um, do you worry about the possible consequences for federal policy if there aren't doctors there? I mean, I, I get everything that you're saying about this frustration with the president and this tension uh, that that has that has played out during this administration and especially during the t- pandemic. But there's something for me that's comforting about seeing. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, for instance, uh, standing next to the president and saying the things that he's saying, even as the president discredits him, I, I feel like it's better to have those people there and asserting the, 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 the priority of science than to not have them there and have the administration off doing whatever it's doing. Yeah, I wish I could agree, but I don't. Having him there is window dressing with the president ignoring him. And by the way, starting to stifle him anyway, get mm. rid of him, uh, disappear him. You know, there are other people that we haven't heard from from the CDC, like Shukat, who is uh, active head of the CDC person in months. I think the Surgeon General was kidnapped in a basement somewhere. He hasn't uttered any public words that I can remember for weeks. Um, what's the point? Literally, what is the point? These people are up there. They say what they want to say. The president dismisses them or sneers at them. Clearly, policy is not being made in any way in response. So those of us who know that the facts matter, that public health information should guide policy, we feel better, we see Fauci or we see Burks or we see somebody up there saying something, and then they uh, move on and now they go to scurrilous attacks. It's not just, hey, okay, we'll ignore you. Now it's Rick Bright is a uh, political operative and trying to uh, undermine uh, the president rather than provide the real history of this horrible management of the pandemic. So I'll say it again. I don't think anything's lost. I mean, you know, you may feel better that we see Fauci. Hmm. I may feel better than we see Fauci. Let's put a picture of him up next to our TV set and we'll feel better because that's about the impact they're having on the policies. Hmm. Mm. Uh, my guest is Arthur Kaplan. He's a professor of bioethics and founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU School of Medicine in New York City. He is the scientist who has called on government scientists and doctors to resign from uh, working with the Trump administration because of the anti-science rhetoric and behavior 
that President Trump has embraced, not just during the pandemic, but throughout his administration. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what your reaction is to these things that the president says about science when he's having these press conferences talking about the pandemic. What's your reaction to President Donald Trump's claim that he's taking hydroxychloroquine. What do you think of the idea of him taking this drug that many scientists say has no real benefit, uh, no real medical benefit for someone like the president and has real dangers? Is the, is the president modeling behavior that could lead to other people losing their lives or getting sick? Uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And uh, we will we will uh, try to work you into the conversation. Let's start with Lola in Dearborn. Lola, welcome to the program. Hi, Hi Stephen. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Okay, I think that Trump is emphatically nothing but a lawyer. He's been this way uh, since he's been an author, and I think that he tries to brush it up just a little. But people should understand one thing, that you go back to what you have been in life, a lawyer. Mm. And he's an actor. He's acting out a part. And when it's over, they'll see. But like I say, you have flunkies and likies that's going to be up his scot forever. Uh, Lola, I appreciate the the call, and I, I I don't think you're by far the only person who doesn't believe the the president when he says he's doing this. Uh, Arthur Kaplan, talk about the possibility that he's lying, and and what that would mean if if that were true, if he is not being truthful about taking this drug that has extraordinary risk does that that it seems to me that it adds a layer another layer of really problematic dynamic to to the relationship with science yeah i agree as i said people follow what the president says and many will start taking a drug that is only known to be dangerous and has no preventative effect against this virus. None. I, I, even its proponents wouldn't go so far as to say, take it prophylactically, take it preventatively. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of saying, try it. If you get sick, maybe it'll help you recover. Even there, the data is no good. But uh, preventatively, it's, it's clear that the president will wind up killing people. And there's another problem with this behavior when he says, you know, he has some vibes or he's talked to people and they say it's good or whatever his rationale is here. People are going to take it and then they're going to say, you know, I'm doing what the president does. I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't do social distancing. I can come out. I can wander around to restaurants or a Memorial Day have a picnic. I don't have to socially distance because I'm not going to get sick. I'm taking this drug. Um, I got it. And, you know, uh, I don't have to follow uh, public health measures, which will cost lives. And then, you know, what else will happen, as always happens, there will be fraudulent versions of this drug all over the Internet. People saying, I can't get it from a doctor, I can't afford to go to the doctor, but I see on the Internet that uh, Dr. Feelgood is prescribing it from, uh, you know, Mexico, and I'm going to buy myself a load of this stuff. Again, putting themselves at risk. So I think damage and danger flows out of what he's doing in many ways. Uh, again, Lola, thanks very much for the call. Uh, 
uh, and the questions. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Arthur Kaplan about science and the Trump administration. We're going to continue to hear from you as well, Elizabeth in Ann Arbor, John on the east side, Mike in Detroit, and Mark in Chelsea. We will get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET delivers trusted news, inclusive conversations, and cultural experiences that empower the community. 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Arthur Kaplan. He's a professor of bioethics and founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at the NYU School of Medicine in New York. Uh, he is also the scientist who has called on other scientists and doctors who work for the government to resign in protest of President Trump's anti science rhetoric and behavior. Uh, we want to hear from you during this conversation, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there. We'll try to work them into the conversation. Let's go to Elizabeth in Ann Arbor. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. Um, I, I just wanted to address that um, I acknowledge the motivation about pulling scientists when they're being disrespected, however, being disrespected by the administration. But when they are disrespected, it's after they've said something that the president doesn't like or appreciate. But the rest of us hear that information, the science, the facts, and then can seek out that information online to get more of it. If we didn't have access to that science, we would have none of the truth. Mm. Um, and we need, we need that balance. We need to know what that is, even if we're not getting as much of it as we should. The access to it and, and having the scientists giving us that information, we know when we hear things <laughs> that, are, that are valid, and when they disappear, then we have the resources to seek them out mm. and the names of the scientists to look up and find that information. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, I really appreciate uh, the call and the perspective uh, Arthur Kaplan, respond to what, what she's saying there in terms of people being able to find the truth for themselves. Well, it's a good point, but I still would argue you're going to lose these voices. You've already lost a large number of them. The president will put them up there, doesn't let them speak. And as soon as he hears anything that they say that he doesn't like, he's now in the mode of attack and uh, getting rid of them. So I think the platform that maybe you're used to from a month ago is starting to fall apart. That's precisely what needs to be protested. Remember when I said, let's resign, I didn't mean that they couldn't respond and say, okay, okay, we'll put these people back and let them talk. <laughs> um, it's, it's not that they just, the scientists just have to go away. And let me say, Fauci and others certainly could be uh, appearing uh, with congressional uh, people, with the House, with Pelosi, with others. They could set up their own format forums, um, you know, to try and uh, present information factually without having to 
roll their eyes when the president says, <laughs> how about bleach? Um, or come up with some <coughs> cuckoo interpretation of what he was really saying. Um, but again, I think the situation is dynamic and it's getting worse. That's my point. Uh, we heard more science and more public health. Say six weeks ago, what we're getting now is everybody out. Things are good. We don't need a vaccine. I'm taking hydrochloroquine. Um, you know, everything's wonderful. And uh, the guys who say that I, bund I bungled this or who are blaming me for uh, not responding quickly, they're just disgruntled whistleblowers. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, again, Elizabeth, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Mark in Chelsea. Mark, welcome to the Hi. program. Hey. Um, I'm, I'm really, I mean, you people ought to be ashamed of yourselves um, because hydroxychloroquine has been around for 70 years. Uh, India, people in India and other third world nations have used it against malaria. And the, the protocol for, for the hydroxychloroquine for the COVID is not just hydroxychloroquine. It's with uh, Z-Pak, which is azithromycin sulfate. And it's the zinc that works. That's what is working okay, Mark, to, to stop the replication. Hey, Mark, can I ask you a question before I have uh, Dr. Kaplan respond? Are you a doctor, Mark? I'm a nutritionist and a, and a world researcher. I've been published in several magazines internationally and nationally. Okay. And I, I, I appreciate the call and the perspective, uh, Dr. Kaplan. Uh, respond to what Mark's uh, saying. No, no peer review paper, nothing to back up those claims. That's not science. That's uh, pseudoscience. Okay. Mark, I, I I do appreciate you listening. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, but uh, I, I, I got to say, I, I wasn't terribly persuaded either by what you were saying there. Um, Mike in Detroit, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Hey, Mike. Oh, hi. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. <clears throat> uh, I don't want to get into a lot of, of pejorative uh, adjectives about uh, the president, but I do wonder why we take anything he says uh, with any less than a block of salt. Uh, he, I, as I said, I don't want to get into any pejorative adjectives, but uh, uh, I think we're really... Uh, taking too seriously uh, the content of, of anything that he says, and I think we ought to start treating it, uh, treating things like that. Mm. Uh, Mike, I, I might agree substantively. I think the problem is that he's the president of the United States has an enormous platform uh, from which to, to get his messaging out, and the danger is that for a lot of people, that's all that, that they need is that the president, uh, that the president said it. Uh, let's go to Damon in Marysville. Damon, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I'm just calling because uh, I think Dr. Kaplan sounds a little bit condescending when he's thinking about the American people and how they view Trump's words. His word is not scripture by any means. Uh, the doctor, if he wants to quit, he can quit. That's his prerogative. But hmm. I think the people were doing what we the best we can with what we've got and we know how to weed through a majority of the people know how to weed through what's good and what's not good as far as information goes. I think we know that that hydrochloroquine is not the be all end all and it's just not I, I think we're pretty much done with this whole stay at home order. We've washed our hands and we've kept our social distance but how, how long is the 
enough going to be enough? Right. Uh, uh, Damon, I appreciate the call and the perspective. I don't mean to cut you off, but we're going to run out of time here on the program. And I want to give Dr. Kaplan an opportunity to respond to what to what you're saying about uh, about how he's talking about Trump and his followers. Well, look, um, people certainly can screen information, look up alternative sources, make decisions. What I'm arguing is Trump is kicking science out of policy. You're not getting accurate information. He said the other day we would have fewer cases if we tested less because we wouldn't know about them. Well, I guess that's true, but (coughs) that's not the way you sort of monitor the cost of coming out. And I hear the frustration that people have with quarantine and a destroyed economy and no jobs. I understand it. All I'm saying is you need facts to figure out how you balance that against deaths. And Trump right now is not giving that. So I hope the scientific community speaks up more, if not resignation, than protest. Okay, Arthur Kaplan of NYU School of Medicine. It was great to have you here with us. Thanks for uh, coming by. Thank you. Yeah. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.